This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. A pharmacist by trade, Jay Bahadur, went into the profession for all the wrong reasons. Only by endeavoring to ask a little more of himself and beyond can he finally change the narrative to let the good fear in. Hi, Jay. Good to see you. Savio, how's it going? Thanks for setting this up. Glad we finally were able to touch base here. Yes, absolutely. So what would you like coaching on? So here's here's my uh, something of interest in my life. I'm always focusing on getting higher, striving for more. And I help other people do the same. Um, what I'm interested in is gratitude with what you already have. Because uh, it's really easy in self-improvement and, and those sort of things to get caught up chasing, next step up, what what have you. That's one thing I would like to get better at is appreciating what I have living here now. Great. So gratitude in what you have living here and now. Am I correct? That's exactly it. I, I could definitely use some strengthening in that area for sure. Okay. So what would be a fantastic outcome regarding this topic today? Yeah, that's. I would love to just know what to do to bring myself back when I um, when it's not time to work and when it's not time to be chasing, to just not be thinking about that stuff, to turn it off and to, yeah, to have a, a time for work and striving and a time for just being. That That's something that would be awesome. Mm, so you want to compartmentalize time for work and time for being. Yeah, I because I, I say that because I think it's I think the drive and the aggression almost to chase things is important for moving up in, in life. But it's also it can be I think it can be unhealthy if you are constantly in that mode as well. The driving and the chasing. So what are your drivers right now? That is a good question. <laughs> my drivers are money and freedom. Uh, and it's because I'm young, I'm early in my career, um, trying to build up personal wealth just to make decisions for later if I want to if I, if I buy a home, home or have a wedding or all that sort of stuff. It's important to have money away. And then uh, freedom, of course, it's kind of closely tied with money, but um, yeah, it would just be fantastic to be able to, to have more control one day. And that requires a lot of 
constant <laughs> drive to, to push towards those things. Mm, so money and control. So when I mention the word control, do you feel that anywhere in your body? Control. Um, good question. I feel that in my fingers. And it, maybe it's because so much of what I do as a professional is just on the computer. I'm not a construction guy. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a desk jockey. <laughs> I work on a computer. Mm, so the control is in your fingers. And how does that show up in your day-to-day? -day? Uh, all day, I, I work on my laptop. I do my personal stuff, uh, my, my side business, my blog, all that stuff is just on the computer. Um, that's where all of my work and non-leisure activities are done, really. And how does um, sort of your leisurely activities, how do they show up in your life? Yeah, that's so because I do all my work on the computer, I, I think for my free time, I hate screens. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, I don't play a ton of video games unless I have friends over and we're going to turn on the Nintendo Switch, play Mario Kart. Um, walking, exercising, socializing, which is easier now that COVID is starting to, to get a lot better. Uh, yeah, that's what leisure time looks like. Away from screens, really. Would you like to try a little experiment with me? I'm open to it. Okay, just want you to get comfortable in your seat. Right. You can soften your gaze or close your eyes if you feel safe okay. to do that. I want you to take three deep breaths in and three deep breaths out. I want you to just sort of imagine, you know, you attaining this sort of peace and relaxation that you want and not this frenetic control that happens in your life. What are you sensing and feeling? Sensing a interesting, because I, I do meditate for only five minutes a day and I'm sensing that daily stuff going away a little bit. Um, I'm sensing that going into the background and just the breath. That's, that's what I was sensing. Is it any specific area of the body? I feel it uh, in my shoulders, I think, a little bit. I feel more when I'm not thinking about normal everyday stuff. I, I think I'm relaxing my shoulders. Uh, I guess I... I must be holding them up unconsciously throughout the day. I think those are softening a bit when I breathe. Has the shoulders always been held up? I think so. Uh, when I do my own meditation practice, um, that's that's one of the first things to to go to sink it's for me to let go. Is I let that go a little bit as I do my first few breaths. So I, I think so. Is it let go during the day when you're at work? I don't think so. Um, I think the stiffness was, is unconscious and I don't think about it. I don't pay any attention to it and I don't believe so. It seems like when I take this time to breathe, that's when it drops. Do you think there's a larger meaning to the tension in the neck? That is a good question. Um, it could be. Could also it could be uh, so I have a I have a clinical background so pardon me, me for taking it this direction it could be sort of 
autonomic responses to being on the attack, uh, getting work stuff done, accomplishing whatever tasks are thrown at me. And uh, we're, we're predator animals, so maybe that's having me on the attack. That's my, that would be my theory, if, that, if that's even true. If that's your theory, do you have any substantiated evidence for that in your life? In my life, um, I do not because, uh, interesting, we don't live, well, I don't live in a, a hunter-gatherer society of any kind of very safe, yet we still have those responses. We haven't been around for that long as a species, and we react to things that are not physically dangerous to us. Um, that's really my the only evidence I would have for that. When that creeps up on you, the tightness in the shoulders and the and the neck. What's happening in the rest of your body? Good question. Uh, I, I don't pay attention to it, and I'm not aware of it. Something is probably happening, but it's not the focus of my attention. Do you feel that it has a message for you? Do I feel that the, the tension that I feel has a message? On a, a very literal level, I think the, the message is that there are challenges and obstacles I need to tackle. Uh, beyond that, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, would, I would attribute it to that. I would attribute it to there's something that needs your attention. You are a, a, a predatory animal. Pay attention to it. Be ready. So what do you think the correlation is between that tension and what you want to seek in the beginning of this conversation? That is a good question. Um, well, like I said, during my meditation time and, and, and really truly relaxed time, attention goes away. Um, it would be great to be more aware of that because, and even and even work on it during tasks because you know it's not necessary. Uh, it's not necessary to have that tension there in the shoulders. Uh, there's no danger in coming. I'm not lifting a boulder. Um, not really serving a purpose beyond it just is there so that that's my thinking does attention serve you well i don't think it does uh i don't know if it's hurting me uh, i don't think so i don't have any back issues or anything but i don't think it's serving me i don't think there is really any benefit to it so what steps do you think you could do to let it go? Like, uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think I do notice that in my very brief meditation practice. Um, it would be great to tap into that mindset a bit more when I'm not meditating, uh, which is easier at leisure time. Uh, I've, I've gotten better at noticing my thoughts and the way I feel about things. But during that work time, you know, I don't think... I think it's like a switch. The meditation mind is shut off. Uh, I'm not aware. It's just focus on the screen, do the typing. Um, so cultivating the improvements in personal leisure time into even professional time, that might, that's my first thoughts. And how would you cultivate that? Yeah, that's a really tough question. Um, 
meditation practice I, I know helps me in my personal life. It could just be moving the time of it. Because what, what I do, I do it after work or in, in the middle of the day. Actually, normally around this time is when I will uh, you know, have my lunch or whatever and then, and then do this and then get back into some work. But um, maybe even just starting the day just to prime myself for the breath, to look for the breath, to look for thoughts and feelings. Uh, that's not something I do, and it's just because I'm lazy. <laughs> I like to sleep as much as I can before I get started. So, so would you? You mentioned initially five minutes. Would that be five minutes in the morning? Yeah, um, it could be five or, or, or ten. I've sat for ten sometimes, but I usually do five. Um, yeah, it's a it's a time management thing, isn't it? Because it's five minutes. Uh, there's no reason I can't just get up five minutes earlier. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't think about it. I uh, <laughs> Interesting. I have my phone next to me. First thing I do is pick up the phone, look at the news, all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe it, it would, time would be better spent meditating and relaxing, and there's plenty of time for news later on. Hmm. You mentioned in the beginning of our conversation about sort of this idea of gratitude. So how would that show up if you decided to start your day off with five to ten minutes of meditating? Yeah, it's um, when I do meditate, gratitude is a big theme. Uh, being grateful for friends, for good family members, for stability, a roof over my head. Um, during work, it's very task-oriented. Oriented, at least for me, it's finish this thing, do this next thing, get it done. Um, I wonder if integrating some of that like gratitude that I even have this job that I have the and, and it is in the scheme of humanity and the whole world it's a privilege to be able to work from a computer and, and sit in the chair and yeah, yes it has its issues with the sedentary lifestyle but that's nothing we can't overcome uh, compared to I don't know I don't, I'm not going to guess any numbers but lots of people that, that have to work uh, very physically taxing and demanding jobs um, that could be a useful mindset saying, you know, instead of uh, I'm bored and burnt out of working on a computer, um, I, I get to do this as opposed to the alternative. So how would that show up? How would you make that happen? I would think, I would think it might come, come down to the idea of clearing the mind, focusing on the breath in the morning instead of later in the day, just to cultivate that gratitude mindset. Um, because it really does help even like, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, going out, hanging out with, hanging out with friends, the meditation I do earlier in the day, uh, I feel has enhanced my enjoyment of those things. Um, I think it's worth a try actually. Why not? Has there ever been a time in your life when you felt that the gratitude worked not in your favor? Not in my favor. I think, yes, and I say that cautiously because I'm a big believer in gratitude. Uh, I think it's improved my mental well-being and, and my life in many ways. Um, I would say the one time it perhaps not is being stuck in situations 
that um, are not ideal or not what I wanted. Uh, prime example, I so my, my whole blog and everything is about career changes. And I, initially, I was actually a pharmacist in a past life. I went to pharmacy school. Uh, I never enjoyed it. I knew pretty early on it was not something I was passionate about. It was not what I was meant to be doing. Um, but, you know, I always had the message hammered in that, that just be grateful that you can get an education, which is true, which is true. Um, be grateful you're in, in a country where you can pursue this type of career. Um, but that can also get dangerous because it was making me very unhappy. Uh, it was not at all what I wanted. I, I, I never got diagnosed, but I felt very depressed. I can't say I had depression. Um, and just very hopeless. And that's a, that's a horrible feeling. Um, and I just felt like something was wrong with me. I should just be grateful that I had this opportunity. And it could be a cultural thing. It's interesting. Other folks from other cultures, uh, my parents are immigrants, but, but folks that are many generational Americans, they, they've told me like, screw that man, like just do what you want. And <laughs> until I was an adult, never thought of it like that before. Um, but that's the only instance I could think of where gratitude may have led me astray and led me to stick with something that is fundamentally not compatible with who I am. So what's Jay grateful for beyond his external life? Uh, how do you, what do you mean by external life? Beyond the work, beyond the family. Mm -hmm. What's Jay okay. grateful for? For one, great for, for health. Uh, I'm a relatively healthy guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't take any medication. My medication is a daily multivitamin because maybe I'm not eating as good as I could, but um, no medications, no illnesses. And I'm grateful for time, um, time because even in, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's tons of folks that have to do hard manual labor across the world, but here in America and Canada, these developed countries, uh, there's tons of folks in the corporate game that have been consumed by their work. And I can't say that's happened to me. Um, I finish work four o'clock or earlier every day for the most part. And I have time for folks and um, I get to go to birthdays. I get to do all that sort of stuff. And I'm insanely grateful for that, especially in light of other folks I talk to. So Jay, if you could be living your dream, if I had some ability to make that happen for you, what would life look like for you? Hmm. Living the dream. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a big dream for me is self-employment. And, and the reason for that is simply control over the schedule. Uh, I, I don't mind working. I'm very grateful for, for the flexibility I have now. Uh, so now I'm sort of focused on how do I take that a step further and create flexibility, not just for myself, but if there's a, uh, there's a family in the picture, couple years from now. Um, how do I create that financial opportunities for them to do what they want? Opportunities to expand them culturally, artistically, so on and so forth. What do you think in that future life would you be grateful for? Yeah, in that, in that future life, uh, I would just be grateful that I, first of all, I'd be grateful for, for the past, for taking, not, not just the initiative on my end, but folks, uh, everything is about relationships, so folks that, that make it possible. Um, and just that I get to, that I had the chance to live that sort of life when not everyone gets to do that. 
A lot of folks don't get to do that. They have to follow a certain routine forever because of different reasons, mental circumstances, social reasons, economic reasons. Um, so just to know that, that I took advantage of, of all the opportunities and all the privileges that I've had um, living here in now, this country, this time of day. So how do you suppose those two can harmoniously exist right now in the present? Uh, so you're asking if how the future sort of stuff and the, the present can coexist. Mm -hmm. Like what could you learn about the future that could help you now? What could I learn about the future that can help me now? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, what stops me from maybe going as hard on something as I could or pulling the trigger as early as I could is just doubt about wasting time. Is, is this going to work? How do I know it's going to work? Um, am I going to mess anything up for myself in terms of my career network, things like that? So I guess just knowing that it's real, it could, it could be real, and I just need to do that. Wait, do the steps and be patient and let time and effort do its thing. Um, that might push me is if we had some kind of crystal ball uncertainty. So we live in a world of uncertainty. How yes. can you shore up that and have more accountability for that? Good question. Uh, I don't Personally, I don't believe you can. I think it's a, a I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you used the word accountability because I think it's a personal responsibility to um, hedge your risks, to evaluate your risk in life. Like anything, uh, every time you get in the car, you're at a risk. Um, that's your choice to hedge that. So uh, risk versus reward analysis is personal responsibility. I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I wait on things when uh, I know I might have a certain skill set. I might have the ability. It just needs time I, with me sitting and, and doing my tasks. Um, yeah. If I was to, on, let's say, put it on a scale, and left-hand side is the risk, right-hand side is the reward, which is closer to your heart? <laughs> it's just, nowadays, I would say reward. Uh, even two or three years ago, I would say risk. Uh, I was and still am risk averse, but less extremely so now. Less extremely so now. It was to the point where uh, when I first started working, I didn't even have retirement funds and 401k and stuff because I was so, so concerned with piling up money in case there was some horrible emergency. Um, so I wouldn't end up homeless or something like that, which was never a real risk my life, which which is awesome. Um, I would say reward is closer now. And, and over the past three years, I've began chasing that over. I've been chasing rewards over risk aversion. Is the reward, is a reward the same as gratitude for you? Is a reward the same as gratitude? I think it can be, but it doesn't have to be. I think, uh, Experiences that I'm grateful for are rewards in themselves, you know, time with family and friends and um, those sort of things. But I think there are some rewards that are not in and of themselves inherently the ultimate thing to be grateful for. And, and uh, jobs and money fall into that category for me. It's you, you're, They're a reward in that you get financially compensated for 
what you do. Um, but for me, the ultimate reward is not great. I have this money, I have this title, whatever. It's what that affords, which is security, which is freedom to experiment. So the freedom to experiment are some of the rewards. Why do you think those those rewards ultimately manifested for you? Um, so, so so why do I feel those rewards are close to my own? Or um, or why they why they in fact manifested? Oh, why why I feel as though those things are rewarding. Um, that is a good question. It, <laughs> yeah, that that can run deep because I had a uh, my parents are immigrants and, and I had a pretty restrictive childhood, which uh, I'm both grateful for it and also there's some stuff that's like eh, not so great. Um, but yeah, the thinking growing up for me was extremely risk averse, and I'm still working on eliminating that where it's not necessary in my own life. Uh, but the, th the thinking was pile as much money as you can into the bank, uh, do that via a stable career, whether or not you like it is, is not relevant. And then throw that money into a house because that's an investment, so on. And, and you can see where this is going. Um, and, and I understand the reasoning behind that from people coming from, from other cultures and other countries that are much less stable and much less wealthy than here. Um, but I, I think just growing up in a different time and place than my, my parents and my forefathers long before uh, has created some cognitive dissonance, dissonance, excuse me. And I think I, I'm seeking some sort of a balance with the teachings from earlier, as well as how do I be like other people here that are happy? Mm, so you seeking the balance and be like other people here who are happy. Yes. Uh, yeah, there are pros and cons to everything. There's pros to stricter, more immigrant cultures. There's cons. Um, and there's pros and cons to the, the American dream and the American way of life as well. So when you run up with, run up to those obstacles of confronting those two sides, how do you, how do you deal with it? <laughs> for a long time, I didn't. Uh, for a long time, I did not. It's um, nowadays I deal with it by. I don't know. I, I embrace uh, my my upbringing, and I embrace that I am an American. I was born here and raised here. This is all I know. Um, it, it it may appear weird to other people, but it's sort of uh, a fun, lighthearted part of my identity now. That yes, I do all the stuff other people my age are doing in America, but uh, I'm also super weird about saving plastic containers to put food in and stuff like that, which is <laughs> something a lot of immigrant parents do. Um, and to be honest, that's not something that bothers me too much. It's uh, some of the larger life stuff. It's asking questions about those old narratives. Do I really want to own a home? Do I want it this soon? Um, do I want children? What kind of career path? Do I want, do I care about how stable it is or do I care about how rewarding it is? Um, so I'm always evaluating things against two different cultural metrics, it seems like. So how do you step into that with more empowerment? More empowerment. That, that's something that, that might evolve you know, like evaluating two sources, 
closing them and then looking into to my own uh, individual self and making that choice for myself. And um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, is it could be valuable to consult the cultural norms of family, the cultural norms of the place you live, and then close the book, so to speak, on both of those. And just with that information in mind, what do you want? What do you want out of that? Don't worry about the spectrum. And, and, and that's something I, I, I've tried to do. Uh, that's how I ended up in my career. <laughs> a lot of introspection and a lot of that sort of thinking is forget what the family would say, forget what you know my friends would say, what should I do for myself? So it begs the question, when do you want to start? When do I want to start? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, it's, I think I've started and there's more to do. I think I started three years ago, but there's a lot, lot more to do uh, in the career area. I definitely have gotten where I want to be, um, moved away from the old thing and moved into the new thing. Um, but in personal life, uh, I'm still a work in progress. And uh, for, for anyone listening, the um, I, I thought about buying a house last year, putting down for a house. I came very close. Um, I was looking at one I really liked. And then I just really thought about it. And I said, everything about owning a house right now sounds terrible. I'm going to lose tens of thousands of dollars. I'm going to lose like a bunch of my money um, that I would rather honestly just use to take trips and go on vacation. Um, I have to take care of repairs, whereas uh, I live in this apartment right now. If something goes wrong, it's taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. As I live in a high property tax area. I know you're in the city and I'm in Jersey where we have just as bad property taxes. Um, so just thinking about, you know, my family always said it was a good investment, but is it really for me? And I decided, no, it's not. So Jay, we spoke a lot about sort of this idea of gratitude and, you know, you mentioned that there's this heaviness in your sort of shoulders and then we sort of moved on and talking about sort of the decision of risk and reward. How's this all shake up for you? What's, what's happening now? Yeah, uh, you, the questions you're asking are very good because they got my mind thinking about different tracks or they, they put my mind on different tracks that I don't normally, um, it is, I don't normally think on those tracks and uh, ma- making me notice stuff that it's just, it's just every day. It's just another day goes in and out and I don't even notice it. Like uh, I know I kind of knew that tension in my shoulder is there because it goes away when I meditate, but I don't think about it to me. That's just part of the routine. Now it's, I'm going to meditate and feel relaxed. Um, but you, the, some of the questions you asked sort of made me challenge myself as to why Am I not doing that more often? Why am I not manifesting that throughout the rest of the day? And why am I waiting till three o'clock or whatever, four o'clock to, to meditate? Um, yeah, and, and why am I with such low risk to reward uh, or a good risk to reward potential? Why am I waiting on certain things? So what are your shoulders doing now? They... We're normal, and then as soon as you mention shoulders, they <laughs> relaxed up a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Jay, I, I have we're to pretty say, much. I, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I apologize. I, I think for this entire conversation, they've been a bit more relaxed than, than if I was typing away, and, and it's because I'm thinking rather than working. I, I think the idea of thinking rather than working and 
the tension going away what what could be like a hashtag for you regarding this feeling hmm hashtag woke no that's not a good one (laughs) hashtag aware I don't like the word uh, woke that has different connotations beyond tension to the shoulders um aware aware beautiful all right, Jay. Well, so now we're going to transition into the interview portion. Yeah, Tell sure. my audience more about you and what you do. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that guided session there. My name is Jay Bahadur. Uh, I run a site called evacuatetheoffice.com. And you may have heard me talk a little before about um, career changes. And that's what the blog's all about. It's advice for folks that are serious about moving out of an old career, but they feel stuck. You know, Maybe you don't know where to start or what you should even do, experience might be an issue. How do you go from there to something much more fulfilling? Uh, and then that's what I did. I was a pharmacist by trade. Um, I went into all that field for all of the wrong reasons. Woke up, slapped myself in the face and said, you're not spending your life doing this. Um, and broke into business where I didn't have a degree, didn't have any experience. Uh, I learned a lot along the way about careers and how a lot of the job descriptions and stuff are just meaningless you, you can get past that excellent so for those who are listening and sort of in this quandary of where do i even begin to you know reconstruct my life how what would what would be some pieces of advice yeah um if you read my blog my big thing is action most of my posts have some sort of an action step at the end uh it's nice to have something to think about and walk away but Action is most important. Even if it's bad action, you will learn. Um, my advice is, if there's anything that you might be interested in, even a little bit, that you think might be fulfill- excuse me, fulfilling, go on LinkedIn, contact five people, connect with them. That's all you have to do. Just say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, I'm interested in what you do. Would you mind if we connected? And then take it from there. See if they'll talk to you and answer your questions. And I have scripts on my site as well, if you are nervous about <laughs> outreach to strangers, but just do it. Just go connect with five people. In this process, what was your biggest aha moment? Yeah, my biggest aha moment is that nobody cares about your background or experience or even your age or anything. If you can solve their problems, if you can add that value, um, you could be a, uh, well, I guess legally you can't. I was going to say you could be a baby, but legally you can't. <laughs> we have child labor laws, right? But you could, be, uh, you could be anybody. And if you effectively show somebody that you can solve their problems, everything else is irrelevant. But nobody's going to say, sorry, you don't have a degree in um, business administration, even though you did a great job. Nobody's going to do that. Just focus on solving problems. I would love it if you could give my listeners an example from your life where where you've gone above and beyond above and beyond in that sense yeah for sure so um like i said i transitioned from a pharmacist to i'm in business now and the skill set for business is is a lot different as a retail pharmacist a lot of it is uh detail-oriented work checking for medication interactions and doing that sort of stuff um there's honestly not a ton of people skills associated with it but Again, there kind of is, it's just not in the job description. Um, I, I like to tell employers when they, when they talk about negotiation skills, when I was first starting off, before I transitioned, I had 
no official negotiation experience. Um, and then I started thinking, wait, I do. It's, just, it's not what people think. And it's because I had to deal with, um, especially working in certain pharmacies, I had to deal with an angry clientele sometimes because and this is a whole other thing I could go off on a tangent on. The, the system is very inefficient. It's failing patients, the, the pharmacy system. Um, but a lot of angry customers, I, the one specific sticks out, he got violent. Uh, he was threatening us with violence, actually, and slamming the desk in front of us. Wow. And he's one of several people I've talked down in my time in the pharmacy. With, with no escalation, uh, no police were involved. He actually apologized and he continued being a customer. Um, and I'll never forget what he said about, you know, I'm sorry, if I lost the weight, maybe I wouldn't even need to be on these things. <laughs> and he sort of owned up to it. Uh, yeah. So I tell I, I was telling that story in the beginning of my business career as an example that I can negotiate even though I didn't go to Harvard uh, negotiation class. So Jay, what is a childhood memory that has served you time and time again? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a memory from when I was around 15 or 16, which is um, when my family started telling me to look at different career options and, and think about college. Um, my dad travels a lot for work. Um, he's been every, all over the world, not just the country. He goes to Europe and stuff for meetings. Um, and I, I remember my, my grandma telling me one time, she's a very old traditional woman from the Caribbean. Um, she said, when you get a career, don't be like your father and travel, get something so you can stay home and be with your family and stuff. And that sticks with me because I followed that advice, and, but it wasn't what I wanted. Um, I actually like being able to meet new people and, and move around a bit and interact with other folks. Uh, it's exciting to me and, and I meet a lot of really smart people and, and we learn from each other. Um, as it happens, I am not in a rush to have a family. Uh, I have a girlfriend, but no, no kids or anything like that yet. So. Um, I'm in a good place to, to do that sort of stuff, uh, which is the exact opposite of what I was told to do. Um, but I went along with that information because when you're young and, and you get advice from your family, that's kind of who you know. That's the only authority you have. So that's why I definitely encourage folks to just network, go on LinkedIn, talk to people that are smart and that do stuff that you're interested in. Get their perspective so you're not just hearing it from a couple of people in your life. I love that story. Thank you for sharing that you know what are three pieces of advice you could give to those to unlearn some of the stuff that you learned that didn't serve you well yeah so so you said some advice to unlearn bad advice or just advice that just didn't fit into your perception mm -hmm. of success yeah my biggest advice for that is to get out into the world um yeah, but when we're beyond covid and all and everything is normal again um Take advantage of stuff. If you have the opportunity to go to any conferences or anything through your job or if you're in college and you have an opportunity to travel abroad or go to any networking events, even in your city, go. Even if you don't know what to do, just bring like an elevator pitch or something of who you are and what you're interested in and go and talk to people. And I recommend that because uh, you need to expand your horizons beyond. And I'll give you an example. Um, I, I love my dad. He's awesome. But he, in terms of career, he's not the guy to take advice from. He got his degree uh, and he's been at the same job since 1984 and he's still at that job. He's, he's getting close to retirement. Um, 
So the first advice he gave me when I was a, a new job seeker, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't effective. Um, it stopped being effective a long time ago. So you need to also, it's just, uh, this really should be a second piece of advice. Um, evaluate who you take advice from. When somebody gives you career advice, because you get a ton of unsolicited advice, right? Thanksgiving, your, your uncle is telling you, do this, that, and the other, you're going to be rich. Um, evaluate what position that person is in life and if you envy that at all or if you want to be in that position. And if not, maybe don't take the advice. Just be respectful and listen and, and just kind of say, okay, that's that's great, but that's not who I am and what I want to be. So what would be the third? Oh, yes, you asked, you asked for third. Uh, three pieces of advice, correct. Um, yeah, one way to unlearn habits is to, I do something fun once in a while called an opposite day. Um, oh. And a, a wow. big part of my job, my position is uh, I'm emailing important people and trying to get uh, responses from folks on different things. And one thing, one way I learned effective emailing techniques, actually, because we're all flooded with email, right? Like, especially important executives, they're not going to answer you unless they have a reason to. Uh, I started emailing differently than I used to. Uh, when you go to school, you learn how to write formal and, and five paragraphs. And what, what does that result in? It, you learn how to use filler words and add nonsense and the, the just to get a good grade. Um, so I started writing in a conversational tone. I even started sending some one or two sentence emails. Reply rate <laughs> skyrocketed. Conversations started, business done. Um, myself doing good in my position. So that's an example of an opposite day. If you, you have some habit that you've just been doing forever and ever, just do the opposite and see what happens. Uh, you probably won't break anything permanently. I mean. Don't like drive your car facing backwards or something, but you get it. You know, if you if you really want to start small, just walk uh, walk a different park or something. If you go for a walk, go some, go walk a different park, walk a different part of your town, um, get lunch from a place that you haven't gone to yet. Mm, I like that opposite. I like that. So, what excites you and what scares you? Yeah, good scary. <laughs> Good, scary. Okay, let's start with excite. Uh, what excites me is impact. Um, when you do something and people benefit from it, and running my blog, evacuatetheoffice.com, uh, I, I love getting replies from my, my email readers about the content, because uh, I, I usually end them asking a question saying, do you want to tell me more about this, or do you need any help with anything? And I love the replies that I get. I love hearing people's stories and, and getting to um, hear what they're going through individually. Um, that excites me a lot. What scares me in a good way is just growth. I mean, growth can be scary. We daydream about it, but then when it's a reality, you're confronted with the reality that, that you know, I'm if I do this thing, uh, I'm not going to be the same as I was before. And it, it can be for the better. A lot of times it is, but um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> It wasn't too, too long. I'm not an old guy. It wasn't too, too long ago that I was a college student with not much money and, um, you know, do, doing as many free pizza things as I could at school and stuff. And, uh, yeah, now now I'm the guy that I always made fun of. I'm paying the extra money for the guacamole <laughs> on my burrito bowl. Yeah, so change is good, but it's scary because you're moving on and I'm letting go of that college kid. And, and you're going to as well throughout your life. And maybe you have, depending how old you are. You've been through it. Yeah, you've definitely like, and, and I will do it again. And so will you. We'll do this a million times throughout our lives. We'll let go of an era and start a new one. 
any last tip for those to welcome in and invite more good good fear to invite more good fear um that is an awesome question i i like try the opposite day thing out try that and then people always say get out of your comfort zone and and that's good advice but but that's usually where it ends i I would say specify what your comfort zone entails you know what what are some beneficial things you can do or at least non-harmful things you could do that would be considered out of your comfort zone um for me in the beginning it was networking i was super like against just reaching out to random people to strangers people i didn't know Uh, but it's been so rewarding for me and just yeah find out where your comfort zone ends and expand it a little bit and you can start today or tomorrow um and don't don't set the goals too lofty because then you won't do it you'll get scared just a little bit ask a little bit of yourself beyond that's great. Ask a little bit of yourself and beyond. Well, Jay, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, Savio, thank you. Thank you for that session earlier. And I know we had uh, we were running around with the tech stuff, so I'm so glad that this finally happened. <laughs> thank you. Excellent. Thank you again. Oh, oh, actually, before we go, please let my um, you know, listeners know again where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can check out my site, evacuatetheoffice.com. I've got a free tool there called the Career Change Cheat Sheet. It's, basically, it's just tips to get you unstuck. Um, if you have no idea where to start, but you want to get out of your career and do something else, use that cheat sheet. Um, that, help, that helps a lot of folks. And then check out the blogs. And if you just have any questions and want to email me, evacuatetheoffice at gmail.com. One day I will get my own domain email, but right now it's not a priority. Um, so yeah, if you have any anything related to careers you want to know about, just shoot me an email. I'll answer you. Well, thank you again, Jay. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Savio. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.